Tune in for the activation required to make an impact through your purpose at work and in the world. From sales and marketing executive to now an international speaker, life and business coach and media host, hosted by Melissa D. White, the activation specialist, (laughs) that's me. We're getting real about personal and professional moments with the world's top leaders and influencers to help you activate your voice and amplify your story. Now, let's get activated. What would you do if you had a second chance to live? Seriously, we all have these one day list, right? One day I will. One day I'll write the book. One day I'll change careers for my dream job. One day I'll build that business or take that trip or just face my fear. Whatever your thing is, we all have it. But what would you do if one day just came to a halt and you received news that you may not have another one day. That's what happened with my guest today. At 22 years old, she received the news that she had a brain tumor and had to have a major operation to change her life just as she was discovering her identity. Imagine always having the dream of pursuing your career, your life, being out on your own and suddenly having to teach yourself fundamental things again. Well, Dana is truly an amazing, triumphant story of a woman who did not waste her second chance. Although her influence came from a place of overcoming a major trial in her life, she tells her story with so much joy, grace, and even encouragement for us to find our own peace in the face of fear. She has this amazing way of encouraging others as she rebuilt her life and now even writing multiple books to use her voice and encourage others to do the same. Tune into this interview with Dana Wilborn, two-time author, publisher, executive chef, and a truly amazing activator. You're now tuned in to the Activation Hour. Hey, what's up, family? It's me, your girl, Melissa D. Welcome back for another episode of the Activation Hour, where we make sure that your voice is seen and heard and your story is told. Now, listen, it's been a minute since I've been in the studio, y'all. I'm so excited. You've seen us um, coming out of the house and back out in the world to meet with some amazing people that oftentimes don't have the platform or opportunity like this to tell their story and holding true to our mission to make sure that we activate purpose at work and in the world. But a lot of times, you know, people like to say, well, this is what I do for a living. And they disconnect that from, well, this is what I love, but not, not my guest today. And there was a pretty crazy, unfortunate incident that led to her falling in love with her passion outside of just her profession. So I think it's only fitting that we put together exactly how activation happens. Now, if, you, if you're new to the show, let me tell you what an activation is. Activation hour is that moment when you're ignited, when you're turned on, when you know that I can no longer hold back my story, that 
I deserve to be seen and heard, especially after what I went through, because it might be for somebody else too. And so my guest today, Dana Wilborn, a real Atlanta native, as she likes to say, a true Grady baby. So listen, we, we want to make sure we give her um, a place, a safe place to tell a story that she lived it. I always like to say, if you've been rocking with me for a while, if you lived it, you can tell it. And so not only did she live through just the, the, the crazes of circumstances to not only fight for her life, but fight to be seen and heard in her career, in her work, and now even through her written word and her books. So Dana, a little bit about her, um, started out professionally in one direction, but as life would have, have it, a fight for her life made her want to really go for her purpose, which was culinary arts. And it's not too many sisters I see at that level in the game. You know what I'm saying? We know about mama and everybody else that can cook in the kitchen. But when we see a woman, a black woman who can dominate in a culinary field, she'll talk a little bit about how she had the power to stand up and say, hey, this is what I want for my life after fighting for my life. Hey, this is how she's advocated for women, black women in the culinary field. And then also uh, how she birthed some amazing legendary things in her life, such as her books and many other things. And so Dana Wilborn, welcome to the Activation Hour. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thank you so much for having me here. How are you? I'm, I'm amazing. Listen, <laughs> you know, I got I to gotta give them some backstory before we just jump right in there. Okay. So as, as, as God would have it, I always say like people cycle through your life like you get previews or just like glimpses into people's lives before you're fully introduced to their story and I think that's the same with you and I like yep. what what people may not may or may not know I'm gonna give you some little known facts here Dana and I went to high school and college together yes. really we knew of each other but here we are full circle connected again to tell the whole story it's like you had to live it out before we could sit here and talk it out absolutely that's that's really amazing and you're an identical twin Yes, I am. <laughs> now, um, before I jump into your activation story, when um, we, we reconnected through one of my line sisters who said, hey, look, you got to hear her story. <laughs> now, here, here's one thing about me, family. I, you know, I believe in activation and advocacy, meaning pe like speak up for other people. It's not, you know, if people try to get an opportunity or a platform for themselves, she said, no, like I'm sending you these books. What's your address? <laughs> and so shout out to her. I love when people say, you know what? This ain't even about me. Like mm. her story deserves to be heard. And so you're, you're here because someone said, I'm, I'm advocating for you. Like wow. I'm going to make some noise for you. And so I'm thankful for that. Um, you're a twin, Atlanta native, hopeless romantic writer, um, dreamer. You're so like your passion. When we, when we spoke, you are so passionate about living a full life, yes. but why, why is that? What, what was bring us back to the beginning? You, it, it really started with identity. Our conversation on the phone, you said I'm a twin, but no one used my real name for real and my identity, like my separate identity until college? Yes, this is what people don't get. Twins are cute and all of that. <laughs> but growing up, everyone just called me twin. No one took the time to call me Dana or even tell the difference between the two of us. So they call me wow. twin, twin one or twin two. Until I got to college, no one called me Dana. Wow. Um, <laughs> so for a long time, I was like, I guess I'm just a twin. Like, that's all I am. So you kind of struggle to figure out your place 
mm-hmm. um, what you want to do because you're just identified as this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very strange. I love my sister. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but we are individuals. Um, mm-hmm. But I didn't even try to figure that out until I got to college and we did things separately. So, <laughs> you know, that, that's amazing to me because many of us walk around. Identity is like a major thing because it's how we introduce ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's our truth that we walk in. Um, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because college, from what I understand, that was like your activation hour. That's when things kind of shifted. Yes. And you had some major life events as you're just like getting to know yourself. Like, hey, I'm <laughs> like, I got a name that's my own. Exactly. I, you know, I have a passion and uh, that's my own. Uh, your passion. Uh, what, what are some of those passions you discovered? At that time, yeah. Um, when I was in college, um, I just loved participating in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I majored in history mm-hmm. and religious studies. I it was just fun to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I've been immersed in my whole life, religion, mm-hmm. and I wanted to figure out the origins of it. Mm-hmm. So just doing things that I wanted to do, mm-hmm. um, that you know I found interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I was doing in college, having fun, going out, partying <laughs> like everybody else. Being a college kid, that's what we do. Now, I understand one of those passions was food, though, but you were doing it for fun back then. Yes, I always cooked. Um, Okay. For my family, for friends, I would cook in the apartment, have everybody over. I'm talking about massive meals, (laughs) Um, Sunday dinners. Like, Mm -hmm. I just loved doing that for other people. It made me feel good to Mm -hmm. spread that type of love. So, that's amazing. So, you are going through. Freshman, sophomore, get the junior year, mm-hmm. working, going to school, doing your thing. Mm-hmm. But there was something that, what, what was taking place at the time where you noticed like something was off right. in your life? Well, I will say for all the women in my family, and my grandmother had five girls, mm-hmm. um, we all suffered with head, headaches and migraines. So mm-hmm. we just thought it was hereditary. But mine was getting worse, um, especially mm-hmm. in college. Literally like just black out, like super migraines I would throw up all day mm. I couldn't be around light like it was just all stopping like wow. I could not function mm-hmm. um and you know was working at the food court at school because mm-hmm. I'm around food um almost passed out at work and yes. my not then but my brother-in-law mm. took me to the emergency room and that's when they found out that I had a tumor so Whoa. yeah junior Whoa. year in college um, so yeah, they did a CAT scan, then they did an MRI and they were like, yeah, this needs to come out like immediately. Like now. <laughs> so w- take me back if you, if you don't mind mm-hmm. to that moment, you just, you just said like, I'm discovering new things. Yes. Um, I'm learning. I'm, I have an identity of my yes. own now. I have, I've discovered my identity that is. Mm-hmm. And then it sounds to me, it's like a screeching halt for someone to tell you that. How did you feel 20-something junior year hearing news like that Mm -hmm. after really just getting started? Right. Um, It was devastating, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, It was scary. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had moments of why. I just didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. Um, It was really hard in the beginning. Um, Of course, my family was there. Everybody supported me. Um, I had to finish the semester early so I could go to the hospital to actually have the surgery. It was almost like an outer body experience because I'm like, I know this is happening, Mm. but I couldn't connect it. Like it was so 
mm-hmm. deep and devastating, but I knew it had to happen. Um, they say they had gotten the size of a golf ball, wow. and it was actually pushing my brain and spinal cord um, to the right. That's what was causing me to feel dizzy and almost like pass out. Mm-hmm. So it was scary, <laughs> but it was like you can't stop it, so you kind of have to just roll with it. Mm. I'm listening to you, and I, I, I don't know if <laughs> – if many of us would have been as positive to say, well, I can't stop it. Let me, let me roll with it. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you, how do you mentally and emotionally prepare for a life changing event like that mm-hmm. to, to know like, Hey God, you know, it's your will, but I'm, I'm about to go into a surgery. Right. How, how, how did you, and you, and even since you, since you mentioned it, you were, you know, religious studies and just kind of learning about faith and things like that. What were some of the mental and spiritual things you did to prepare going mm-hmm. into that? Definitely. And I think um, I touched on that in the book, mm. just growing up in the church mm-hmm. and having that foundation yeah. really was the only thing that got me through. Like scriptures would just pop up like, oh, I didn't mm-hmm. even know I knew that one. You know, just mm-hmm. words of comfort for myself. Mm-hmm. Um And I just kind of at one point accepted it. And I said, I cannot change this. I cannot control it. Mm -hmm. But I fully trust God. It took me a Mm -hmm. minute to get there. Mm -hmm. But when I was there, it was just a calmness. And I knew I was going to be okay no matter what. Wow. When you accept it totally Mm -hmm. and you have that that faith, what is that, the faith beyond all understanding? Mm -hmm. That's what it was. I was actually calm the day of the surgery when the nurse sit there and she was shaving my head where <laughs> where they were about to cut and I was calm and I told her a couple of jokes and So wait <laughs> Let, let's get this straight. You're sitting there uh-huh. as a young woman yes. prepping for surgery. Yes. Pulling on your face, accepting not saying I'm I'm ex- I'm 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 gonna wallow in what's happening to mm-hmm. me, but I'm I'm accepting it. Mm-hmm. Sounds to me like the moment you accepted it, then your peace came. Absolutely. And now you were now you you making other people laugh the day of. That's one. That's an incredible <laughs> spirit to me. That that sound that sounds like a God activation for real. That's mm-hmm. nothing but mm-hmm. like it took acceptance. Yes. To activate your peace. Absolutely. You have to get to that point. Everybody goes through something, right? Mm-hmm. But when you accept where you are and you trust that God has you no matter what, yeah, it's a it's a calmness. And I wasn't Ooh. scared. I was scared leading up to it and had my little freak out moments. But then the actual event, it was just, it came over me. And that was nothing but God. Wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, so... Yeah, as y'all are listening to this story, I I feel like those listening are probably you may be going through something, mm-hmm. and acceptance is gonna activate the peace to get through whatever it is. Ooh, take a page from Dana. I'm praying for that kind of peace. <laughs> so your surgery happens. Yes. What happens during and after surgery? Mm-hmm. So in the book, I tell you, um, this is all hearsay because okay. obviously I wasn't awake for it. This is your book of Phoenix <laughs> Rising. Yes. And obviously, by the grace of God, you're still here. You made it through it mm-hmm. and you documented the journey. Yes. Um, of Phoenix Rising, how to start over again with gratitude. So starting over again. So th- was this like your 
okay, day one, life starts over now. Absolutely. But something happened during surgery that you had to start over. What happened? Yes. So apparently back then, this was in 2002. Uh-huh. Um, this is fairly new what they were doing. Wow. Um, it's a rare brain tumor. Wow. Um, it's not cancerous, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. But when they got in there, they saw how it was interconnected with all of my blood vessels, my veins. So a surgery that should have took an hour and a half, two hours, was like seven, eight hours. Um because they had to scrape away and peel, trying not to damage major <laughs> mm-hmm. things in the process. Um, I was in ICU for, what, two weeks because I wouldn't wake up from brain swelling. Um, then in a regular room for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost the hearing in my left ear. Mm-hmm. Um, went through rehab where literally, like, reteaching your mouth how to form words with a speech pathologist or Mm -hmm. um you know going over reading and writing like muscle memories and um I had paralysis all on the left side almost like I had Mm -hmm. a stroke Mm -hmm. Uh, and in your 20s (laughs) when someone is helping you walk and helping you get to the bathroom it's devastating it's frustrating it's hard because in your head you're like i'm fine i know how to do this i don't need nobody's help but your body is telling you otherwise so Mm -hmm. it was definitely a struggle um you know i left college and i think i stayed out a whole semester and a half so by the time i got back everybody was gone my sister everyone had graduated um Mm -hmm. so i was definitely starting over Uh, i had to have special accommodations in the classroom and upfront seats and longer time on tests but you know what god puts in order he's always gonna make a way mm-hmm. you see what i'm saying so i finished college mm. <laughs> it was hard but it's things that i wanted to do and yeah. when i saw that i could do that and survive that i was like well i'll do this too mm. uh, <laughs> so if i can survive if this I can brain this, tumor do, yeah i can survive this too everything else seemed like a piece of cake wow <laughs> wow 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 like I'm just thinking about the mindset of like my mind is saying do this, but my body won't cooperate Mm -hmm. and the frustration, but the determination Mm -hmm. to do that. And then even to go back to school. So it's, Hey, it's not the most, you know, usual of circumstances. Like you said, your peers had moved on. So now I see why you say like I had to completely start over. Yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so you went from you told you, you share an interesting story. We can't give it all away. Y'all got to get the book. But I, I, this story really struck me. You were you you were talking about um how you have to relearn mm-hmm. how to talk and just they would give you assignments for your rehabilitation, mm-hmm. like to do some basic tasks. Yeah. And will, will you share with us the one story <laughs> about like when you're saying like a simple task to go to the store mm-hmm. and count the money? Can you? walk us through like something we totally take for granted like I'm gonna go to the store with cash in hand and Mm -hmm. get my change and buy my item yes so I don't know I guess I could say the name I was at Emory okay and I was at Emory Rehab Center Mm -hmm. um and it was almost like we were taking a field trip for the day it was me and some other patients all Mm -hmm. just rehabilitation Mm -hmm. they took us to the grocery store they gave everybody I think like $20 or something and Mm -hmm. get these few items from the grocery store it was so hard I don't know what it is. I don't know what happens to you when you go through something like that as far as Mm -hmm. um, your thinking capacity. Um, But picking out the items and then counting the money and Mm -hmm. trying to make sure I could give her this. It was was hard. 
Mm. And it just, it gave me this appreciation for everything. Like, not wanting to take anything for granted. So doing that in my 20s and having that type of mindset, I was like, I will start over as many times as I need to. Mm. Every day God wakes me up, I'm going to start over. Mm. Um, it just taught me so much grace and patience with other people, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that was... <laughs> It was it was very eye opening and it definitely helped shape me into what I am now. So you went from struggling to do a basic task that we do every day, mm-hmm. which is to go to the store, buy a few things, mm-hmm. get change back. What well, was it? The struggle of like remembering what to buy or counting the money. What it was? Just... I think it was remembering okay. because you know it, but it was like something wasn't connecting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to say like a $20 bill, like they would give you a five or one you know, like mm-hmm. that. So just counting it out. And I don't know, it was very frustrating. I had a lot of breakdown moments because I just couldn't understand. I knew what to do, but it just wouldn't translate when mm-hmm. it was time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I just have a unending patience with people because mm-hmm. you never know what people are going through. You mm-hmm. really don't. You don't, you know, I, I, I hear that. And all I could think about is when you said, I'll start over as many times as I need to, mm-hmm. which I say is, hey, God, I, I pray for the activation to like t- turn on whatever it would turn on my mind, turn on my mouth, turn on the use of this body over and over and over again. And I'm, I'm still like this book. <laughs> I, now that I, now that we, we understand this story, I'm like, this is a miracle I'm holding. You went from, hey, I, I, I have to learn words again and to form the words out of my mouth and to count the money in my hand to holding a book in my hand. Yes. Please build that bridge. Like, How, how do you go from that moment in the grocery store mm. of, of frustration and, and trying to build back your words yes. to writing words to document your story? It took time. Um, like I said, that was, what was that, 20 years ago. Mm. Um, my family, main cheerleaders. My mama mm-hmm. never left my side. She was in that hospital every single day. They told her she had to go home. She said no, mm-hmm. kindly and sweetly. She said no. They got her a little cot, and she stayed <laughs> in the room with me every night. But it just, you have to be patient with yourself. No matter what you're going through, mm-hmm. give yourself time. Give yourself grace. Grace. Grace, yeah. And in time, everything started coming back. Mm-hmm. It just took time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, you can get there. Anybody can. So you <laughs> I love how you go into, I call it I call it moments of from profession to purpose. It's like, yeah, I went back to school. Okay, great. I got my degree. Great. <laughs> but what? What happened after that? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You know, between the twins, I, um, Dana was always the wacky one. Dana was always the silly one. <laughs> I love how we keep coming back to your identity. Because, We're going to talk about that some more. Yeah, so in your own Dana way. In my way. What did you do next? After? Going off and jumping off cliffs. Um, <laughs> I feel like I got my degree from my parents. Okay. I felt like I owed it to them. Okay. But during my rehab um, at the hospital, they yeah. would let me cook. Um, practice cooking scrambler egg Dana can you do this can you do that and before you knew it I was cooking meals and walking around to the different floors passing it out wow. to the nurses 
Um, and it just gave me so much joy. Mm. So I was like, I'm finished with college. I'm going to culinary school. <laughs> and your parents were like. They said, um, ma'am, you just got this four-year degree that is not paid for yet. And we ain't signing for nothing else. So I took out crazy student loans. Yeah. And I went to the Cordon Blue. Um <laughs> to do culinary arts and i loved every second of it wow mind you this was early 2000s so before all the major cooking competitions and all that Mm -hmm. like that's what we were doing at school we would have mystery baskets and i got to travel to virginia and i did competitions loved every second graduated from culinary school Mm -hmm. um immediately got positions as sous chefs and supervisors and I was just out there doing it. Like. Wow. <laughs> you you share the story about um, moving far away. Yes. Um, from here, in, from Atlanta. And what prompted you to go far away to find yourself mm-hmm. this new version of Dana starting over? Tell, tell us about that adventure. Cause that thing, that's a that's an amazing bridge, <laughs> like an activation to go from college degree to culinary, but like in a major way. Yeah, um, I did my extern in Phoenix, Arizona, mm. um, at one of the resorts out there, cause my cousin had to be um, happened to be living in Arizona at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did my extern out there, and it was amazing. I got to uh, work at the U.S. Golf Open. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like doing bananas foster for people (laughs) in green jackets at the masters wow it was amazing um and just eye-opening to new experiences Mm -hmm. um of course i had my struggles like everybody does in the kitchen well in anything Mm -hmm. but it was just so much fun i was like i think i like it here Mm-hmm. I'm going to move to Arizona for a while. Maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, and my family will tell you, Dana will do it. She's not scared. Mm-hmm. So I think that comes from having that surgery because I know that every day is not promised. Mm-hmm. And you got to try new things. Live somewhere else for a while. Yes. Experience other cultures. Experience different things because mm-hmm. you never know. Don't just stay in your your little backyard forever. <laughs> and, um, and that's real. There's some people who've never left this city um, but just watch the rest of the world on TV or through yep. the eyes of other people. Mm-hmm. And you just said, I'm I'm gone. I'm there. You, I, Hey, I'm buying that ticket. And you put yourself out there mm-hmm. in a way that most people wouldn't. Like you said, hey, if I can survive this tumor, I can do anything. Absolutely. So for some of us, we need to like. It may not be a tumor, but there's something. There's We all have something we could use as our excuse. And it could be a viable one. It could be an acceptable excuse. Absolutely. But will you use that instead as your springboard or your activation or your restart or your start over, as you say it, Dana, to the new thing, the God thing? And so you're cooking, you're doing all these things, but you you share something interesting <laughs> about life in the kitchen, yes. especially for a black female chef in the kitchen. Tell us about that experience and how that impacted you. Um, I say it all the time, you know, you hear that little cliche or that um, saying a woman's place is in the kitchen barefoot and pregnant. <laughs> um, but when it comes to being a leader, directing people around, men did not want to hear that. It's still a very male-dominated field. Wow. Um, and I don't know if it was my degrees or what, but as soon as I got positions in the kitchen that I was automatically starting off at the top 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had one guy quit because he said he refused to work under a lady. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, so ne- never mind the, the fact that I was black. Let's just focus on I'm a female. Mm-hmm. And men did not like being directed and ordered around by a female. Um, so that was really hard. But I think I had to work extra hard just to show I deserve to be here. I know what I'm talking about. Um, and once they saw that, they were okay basically just listening to me mm-hmm. and following, you know, my direction. Um, so it felt good to stand up for myself. It was definitely exhausting, mm-hmm. um, taxing and trying, but I felt like I, I deserve to be here. I know what I'm doing. Absolutely. And I fought for that every day. Absolutely. I Like, we're... We're going on this journey with you as I'm listening to the story. <laughs> it's like you went from um, adversity, mm-hmm. a major life event, mm-hmm. to acceptance. Mm-hmm. The acceptance activated peace in your new life. And then you begin to advocate. Like you, you're like, no, like I'm, I'm a woman. I'm an educated woman. I, am, I deserve to be here. Absolutely. And advocating for other women. Like mm-hmm. I deserve to be in this space. So you, you share about just the long hours and how taxing it is. But it was your passion. So you're like, you're willing to do it. Until what? What happened? <laughs> What's the one thing? You said it was, there was one thing one that thing. would bring you out of the kitchen. And what was that? Or who was that? <laughs> a baby. Yeah. Yeah, I was in food, um, catering. I mean, I tried every end of it from um, assistant living homes. I did mm-hmm. resorts. Um, I did hotels. Mm-hmm. I did every aspect of it. And I always knew if I ever had a kid, I just didn't see how that would fit into that equation. Because mm-hmm. I could easily work 70, 80 hours. No problem. Like, mm-hmm. I told you when we had that snowmageddon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was working at a hotel and... People were stuck, couldn't get in. I literally spent the night in the hotel. They got me a nice little room. Five o'clock in the morning, I came right back downstairs to the kitchen, turned everything on, and started doing room service orders. Mm -hmm. But I said, if I ever had a kid, I didn't want other people raising my child. Um, I know that everybody has a different circumstance, and sometimes they don't have a choice, but, hey, mama, can you watch the baby? Grandparents are raising the child. Mm -hmm. I knew if I had one, it was my responsibility to take care of them. So I got pregnant mm-hmm. and I was about four months pregnant, had a really busy day at the hotel. I'm ordering people around. I'm asking the dishwasher to do this. I need more plates over here, this, that, and the other. We got to get this food out on time. I said, hold on one second, y'all. I ran to the bathroom and threw up. <laughs> You're like, oh, uh, I know what it is. <laughs> threw up. Yeah. And then I said, yeah, no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. So you, like, quit then? I didn't quit right away. Okay. I was about four months. Mm-hmm. I asked um, housekeeping to give me a bigger coat so people couldn't tell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just devised a plan because I was okay. like, I can't, I can't do both. Mm-hmm. I can't be a good mama and work 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we would go, I don't know, 18 days before I got a day off of work. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, That's how that industry is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just, you know, eased my way out of that. And then I did catering for a while, Mm -hmm. um, different things. But when that baby came, I was like, okay, new purpose. (laughs) Starting over again. New purpose. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Like, you can't skip by that. (laughs) So you go from one activation to another. Y'all see, like, that's just how life happens. I'm doing what I love in the, in the, 
prime of my life and my career and this and a new thing happens yep. so it's like am i willing to give up something i love for a greater love yep which at the time some people may see it differently like okay setback or i have to change my life whatever you're like no this is what's required yes. for me to do yes at this moment and so um you shared something with me about so if i understand it right you were kind of documenting some of these things going on in your life is is the book of phoenix rising this is your first of your two books yeah. right is this like a culmination of maybe your journals and everything leading up to like your process and the, you know everything that's going on now yeah. um so a phoenix rising it's really almost like it's me telling my story, my testimony, mm -hmm. but then it's also writing prompts in there and I'm asking you questions. So we're having a conversation. Mm -hmm. What do you struggle with? Mm -hmm. You know, what what's going on with you today? So it's me telling my story and then allowing you to talk back to me. So mm -hmm. it's a story and then you're journaling because mm -hmm. it's all about shifting people's mindset mm -hmm. and you got to be more positive. You got to be thankful for what you do have as mm -hmm. opposed to complaining all day, every day. So that's what that's about. I love it. It is a mindset shift for gratitude. So you're grateful. Baby is here. New life. You're not in the, the kitchen as mm -hmm. much as a chef, mm -hmm. but you're living your life now as mom. Mm -hmm. What happens as mom now? Now as a mommy, mm -hmm. um, he's six now. Mm -hmm. and I don't know because he's an only child. Um, I never talked to him like a baby, like the Goo Goo Gaga. <laughs> so we would have full on conversations when he was three. Mm -hmm. He was reading. Um, now I work for a university and their registrar's office. I love it mm. because I'm still giving. Mm -hmm. I'm still encouraging other people. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of when I was in college and when yeah. I was struggling. It's like full circle coming back to the university. All the way back around. Yeah. And now, you know, when I get a student on the phone and they're crying or complaining, I don't think I'm going to finish this semester and blah, blah, blah. And I say, you know what? It's okay. Wow. Do what you can do right now. And when it's time to come back, that's when you come back and mm. finish. So just spreading that message and lifting other people up is amazing. And I love it. Is Now that I didn't realize, mm. you literally full circle yep. <laughs> because you've been in that position of, yeah. hey, I am trying, I'm, I'm doing everything I can to finish, yep. having to come back and finish, now giving back in that way to encourage other yep. people to finish. Wow, that now that is how a phoenix rises. Not only do you rise from the ashes, but you pull other people yeah, out of the ashes. Amazing. It, that is amazing. That is amazing. But here we are today. Yes, ma'am. And you, I, I always find it very amazing when I sit with authors because, like I said, you had to live the story first mm -hmm. before you can tell it. Mm -hmm. So you, you, I, I guess you can call it a conversational journal where it's you, you're talking to them and then you have to write back mm -hmm. your own prompts to get you through and start over again. And then now here we are um, sitting together on um, as we anticipate the launch of your new book. Right. A recipe for disaster. I love this cover. It is just <laughs> black girl chef magic. It's so yes. pretty. And it's it's almost I can imagine this is you mm -hmm. in your own mystery. Right. Yeah. So t tell us about the new book that's coming. So that one's the fun one. OK, um, that's my fiction. Mm -hmm. Definitely loosely based off just my experiences in the kitchen as a black female. Mm. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's sexy mm -hmm. we put a little bit of all of that in there but i'm just like what what am i waiting on 
I've lived it. I want to say it. I want to mm-hmm. tell these stories. And God just put it in my heart to do it. Just stop waiting. Mm-hmm. So that one's a fun one. That's fiction. Um, just, you know, culinary journeys and what happens in the kitchen. So I love it. <laughs> so the backdrop is set, Queen's Resort. Tell, tell us a little, just a snippet about, just a snippet, because you got to buy the book. Um, yeah, tell us a snippet. Just a this. snippet. So, like I said, it's loosely based off me, but I definitely got to exaggerate a lot. <laughs> um, so, black southern peach mm-hmm. moves to arizona so mm-hmm. those are the same Sounds right familiar <laughs> then the shenanigans start up in mm-hmm. the kitchen you know she faces a lot of things she falls in love mm-hmm. with maybe the wrong type of guy but he's okay. seen real you know we like the bad guy uh-huh. so that's what that story's about and then how it. she ultimately finds her way back to her first love which is food and mm-hmm. cooking I love it. I love it. You mentioned you just felt like an urgency, like, let me do this now. Let me yeah. not wait for my stories. Yeah. What what new life-changing event has led to the urgency to, yeah. to write the stories, to tell the stories mm-hmm. now? Well, so that's in the other book. I talk about that as well because um, mm-hmm. we always knew it was a probability that my tumor could come back, mm-hmm. um, and it has. Mm. Um, it's in a different location now. It's behind my left eye. Mm. Um, and when they first found it, um, it was kind of small. They were like, it's fine. We're just going to do a wait and see. Um, but last year, and I put it in there, I remember it crystal clear because it was the day of the um, insurrection. Mm-hmm. I had my phone on mute. And everybody's calling me, I guess, to tell me about what was going on. And I was at the doctor's office. And they were like, yeah, it's got to come out. It's about the size of a strawberry. It's going to start pressing on some things. And if it gets too big, he said it will be irreparable damage. Mm. Now, I don't know what that means um, in (laughs) medical terms, but it don't sound good. Mm. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm coming up with stuff. Well, what's the healthier version? What do I need to do? Do I need to stop eating this and that? Alternatives. Alternatives, right? But you still have these professionals saying, no, it's got to come out. I went and got a second opinion just to be sure because, you know, I'm a mama now. I got a mortgage and responsibilities. Like, hold on. Um, and they confirmed the same thing. So I actually i am having surgery next month. Um, <laughs> wow. And God's always in control. He's always in control. There's that piece again that, hey, I accept it. Yes. And here we are. And so as we're sitting here having this conversation today, what is your message to those who may be waiting to yeah. do the thing you love, may want to start over and not know how, mm-hmm. may want to do the things that's so different from what you're used to? Yep. What would you say to them now, given all you've been through? Absolutely. The main thing is, it's okay to be scared, but do it anyway. Mm. And I keep saying as many times as God blesses you to wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. start over. Mm-hmm. If you don't like your job, go to work mm-hmm. and be putting your applications and your resume out to other places. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? If you want to learn a new sk- skill, go mm-hmm. back to school. Take some free classes online. Do it now. Mm-hmm. What are we waiting on? Mm-hmm. Because we'll look up five, ten years from now and like, man, I should have did that. Oh, I should have wrote that book. Mm-hmm. I should have went to this country. I should have did this. Should have, should have, should have. Don't wait. Do it now. Mm, don't wait. Do it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess my final thought, as as I sit here, 
um, hanging on your words, listening to your story. I can't help but think everything you were saying in the story led back to your identity and who you are and even just being Dana, fully Dana. Do you believe, like, in God, you know, allowing this to happen or keeping you through this, that it really activated your identity? It was like now this has, in its own way, Mm -hmm. giving you your own unique story and identity. Mm -hmm. And you even shared a bit of when you have an identical twin, and now, looking back at your twin, there's some different there's some differentiation, some differences now. Right. Do you believe that this may have happened for you and not to you? Absolutely. So you have your own story and identity now. Absolutely, and she has her own. Mm-hmm. I know that you know everything has a purpose. Mm-hmm. He's always watching over me, mm-hmm. and this I feel like it's my purpose to tell people just. Mm-hmm keep going you can do this over and over as many times as you need to so it really did help shape me mm-hmm. um and just give me that love for life <laughs> mm-hmm. the um courage to try new things like mm-hmm. yeah I, and i hope i instill that in my son too so who is your own little mini chef at home i hear absolutely <laughs> don't play with him when it's time to make some scrambled eggs pancakes <laughs> six years old i don't know if that's you know, correct. Um, that he's, using the stove. <laughs> he's supervised he by is Chef supervised, Mommy. <laughs> um, but he, I said, you need to know how to take care of yourself. Don't yeah. depend on anyone to do things for you. Yeah. So I watch him, but that baby can cook. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love that those gifts are passed down. So just make sure that you all go buy the books of Phoenix Rising, How to Start Over Again with Gratitude, and also A Recipe for Disaster. Both books now under your publishing yes. company. Um you are now publishing your books, all of your works at legendpublishingllc.com. You can go grab information from the show notes. Order both, um, get them now. And Dana, we just, we love you. We thank you for being bold, activating your voice, um, living as, as, as loud, as big as you want in this moment and that leading up to your next surgery. We are absolutely praying for you to come out even better and stronger yes. than before. So thank you. Thank you for getting activated with us. Thank you so much <laughs> for this opportunity and thank you for what you do. Mm. Just letting people tell their story. Mm-hmm. and motivating others so you're a blessing oh man it's it's <laughs> hey this is what we do i'm, th- I'm yeah. thankful to do it so listen if you have been activated by this story um it's your time to be seen be heard make sure you subscribe leave a review don't be stingy don't keep this story <laughs> to your to yourself hit that share button share it with another person who needs to activate their voice be seen, be heard. Also go to the activationhour.com to follow all of our platforms and our special Activate Your Voice series on YouTube to hear stories about how to be seen and heard at work and in the world. This episode, if it's blessed you and you need stages on how to um, live your life out loud and tell your story, go to the Activation Hour, click the button for Activation Coaching. We walk you through how to find language for what you've lived so you can tell your story. I'm your girl, Melissa D. It's been a pleasure to sit here with you, Dana Wilborn. God bless you. You are welcome back anytime. Thank you, family. We love you. We'll see you on the next one. Stay activated. Bye.
With activation comes action. I believe that writing and speaking go hand in hand. When you activate your voice, there's something about writing out your thoughts, your ideas, and journaling about the process that feels like a commitment to do something with what you have to say. So I invite you to join me as I journal each episode. Yes, get your free download of the Activation Hour episode journal and affirmations. This journal was carefully put together and thought through with you in mind to make sure that as you hear these stories, you are encouraged and yes, activated to write your own thoughts and ideas and use your voice. So this free journal is available to you. Just click the link in the show notes so you can write along with me as I write the notes for my insights of each episode. You can also catch behind the scenes videos on our YouTube channel. So today's affirmations. In the journal, the very end of the journal, you'll find activation affirmations. And listening to Dana's story, there were three of the affirmations that really apply to our conversation. Number one, I carry a unique sound that is for the people of sound to me. Dana being an identical twin, she stated about identity where she had to look at another person who looked just like her, who mirrored her in so many ways. But now in having her own path through some of the challenges she's had with not only having a brain tumor, surgery, but rebuilding her life, her story definitely is hers alone. So your unique sound comes from your unique story. Tell the story. The second one that resonates is there's value in my voice. The fact that she's not only committed to writing, but now speaking and telling the story in interviews and podcasts ensures and solidifies that she has a unique identity of her own. And then lastly, I will not be silent in the face of fear. I have to admit, I I don't know if I would have had the same resolve as Dana when preparing for a brain surgery to laugh and encourage others as I'm afraid myself. And her doing that, it was like telling fear where to go. And that's exactly what she did. So again, I encourage you to share my insights. Also speak back. Leave me a voice memo. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how this episode activated you to use your voice. If you love this episode, please make sure to subscribe, turn on your notifications and share with a friend. Also, if you really want to get behind the scenes, go now to our YouTube channel at the Activation Hour. The link is found in the show notes for you to actually see my guest live and in person and to even catch more details of our conversation behind the scenes. Stay connected and join us next time for the Activation Hour Purpose at Work and in the World.